This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Saturday, the 22nd of May, 2021. And this evening's the day after the match day show. Matt J, Tim, and myself trying to recall all the action and recount the day. As Blackpool made it to yet another playoff final at Wembley after a pulsating game back at Bloomfield Road. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seasiders podcast, match reaction show. Blackpool 3, Oxford United 3, but we win 6 3 on aggregate. Oh, last minute, Matt. Very last minute, sorry about that. God, my magic. (laughs) The shopkeeper appears. I just wanted to prove to everybody that I was still alive after Tuesday. This means I've got to be Mitch again. Oh, did you? I was, I was just... A, Matt J, I was just about to say, I was going to introduce this, saying yeah. there's obviously no Matt here this evening, so you can go by your real name. But I'm name. afraid, no, I'm afraid you're going to have to morph into Mitch again. <laughs> um, so, um, so, Matt, where have you been? Have you, after your journey, your long journey to the game? So oh. do you want to tell listeners about your mad dash. Oh, it was, I mean, a a day of emotions is is a bit of an understatement. So unfortunately we had a a family uh, funeral to attend, which was just outside of Nottingham on Friday. And, um, you know, being completely selfish, obviously when I got the news that it was a quarter past two um, service on the Friday, I was like, oh God, I'm going to be like really struggling to get back. Um, Left at five past three. Um, but did get to um, Bloomfield Road at four hours later, exactly at five past seven. So sort of comfortable in a way, but when you're stuck in stationary traffic outside of Warrington and Keel and those, well, not Keel, but well, I can't remember the rest, at Lim and those sort of areas, it was just horrendous, absolutely horrendous. The missus was just, you know. Was that, was that Keel services or Keel over? Keel over, yeah, honestly. It was just <laughs> horrific. <laughs> 
absolutely horrific. Um, but yeah, yeah, so glad to get in the ground at seven-ish anyway. And then I just, just I was about to get in the ground. I forgot my fucking mask, didn't I? So that's a beg, steal and borrow off somebody else. So uh, I thought you were going to say anyway. you forgot your print-out ticket then. No, no, that was definitely in my pocket. But yeah, oh, what a day, what a day. You made it in the end though. That was the main made thing. Made it in the end, um, made it in the end. So let's just raise our glasses anyway, just uh, just before we kick off. Uh, Mitch, you're drinking a, a bottle of Corona, is Golden it? Champ. Golden Champ. I'm on a Peroni. Mm. Clean gin for Tim. And Matt, are you on anything this evening, are you? Uh, it's, not uh, clean, no, it's not clean, John. <laughs> right. I've, I've, just, I've just literally just ru- rushed in, so I've, I'm glassless at the moment, but I might sort that out in a second. <laughs> Ever so slightly less drunk than we were on our last match reaction show, anyway. Just a bit. It's been a bit of a talking point as... Uh... <laughs> As uh, Matt's inebriation. <laughs> it's a ratings winner, though, apparently. Podcast gold. I think it's one of our most viewed ever. Well, used ever. <laughs> it, could our, it could be our USB. How pissed could we get before we go on the show? Yeah. Yeah. A, a recipe for success. <laughs> Quality. I love it. I just I haven't listened back actually because I've got to listen back because I have no idea what I said. Or... You really do need to listen back. <laughs> Someone on Twitter, was it Twitter, Tim, or was it WhatsApp, said, that Tim's really funny today. I know, and I, and I, did, yeah. the, uh, I did the link from, the, from uh, Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah. Funny Funnies. how. <laughs> funny yeah. how. Yeah. Fucking clown. That was, mine. that was a mate of mine when I was on the podcast. He said, oh, you're on the podcast. I said, yeah. He said, oh, is that Tim Fielding? He's a really funny bloke. <laughs> that, was, that was what it was. You should have said, funny how. <laughs> Did he amuse you? I, I just felt sorry for Tom on, the, on that last part. Oh, no, he, he, he said, "I felt, I felt like your dad. I felt like I was all your dad." <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to my sister today, and she she said to me, "I was actually surprised that you you held it together reasonably well, considering you've been drinking since two in the afternoon." So she gave me a, a, a tick of approval, anyway. It was me getting you on the gins that did it, I think. <laughs> quite partial to those little gins, Tim, actually. You know, yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite like these middle-aged drinks. But um, So let's let's just talk pre-match. <laughs> Not middle-aged, middle-class. <laughs> middle-aged and middle-class. Both Probably those categories. So we'll, we'll go on about the game beforehand. So let's just talk about our experiences going into Bloomfield Road and what we experienced before we start proceedings this evening. So, Tim, tell us about what you did before the game, who you went with, where you went, and your kind of emotions as you stepped through the ground for the first time in God knows how long. Yeah, well, um, as most people know, um, my office isn't too far from the stadium, so I'd, I'd, it was a bit of a mess, mess up, really, because originally, um, as I mentioned just before we came on air, I was, I was arranged to meet Paul Cooper, um, and for those who don't remember, he's the court-appointed receiver. So he'd come up. To, he was coming up to the game with his girlfriend, and um, so I told him about the Armfield Club and how good it was. So um, he wanted to come and have a look at it. So uh, I'd arranged to meet him, and then um, uh, I'd said to him, just in case, because he, he, I'd sorted out some accommodation for him. So I said, just in case I don't speak to you beforehand, or, or it gets messed up and we don't meet. I'll, um, I, I told him where to, I told him to go basically straight back to Preston today. 
to cut out Blackpool. So uh, anyway, he came back to me about half an hour, an hour before kickoff, saying prophetically, "Your text was right. We're stuck still. We know we're not going to get there till after kickoff." So. Uh, that's why I came to you and said, look, I want to struggle for the pod because I didn't want to meet him because I haven't seen him for two years. And um, and uh, we met after the game. So uh, pre-match, I just went and met a few mates down in the armfield. We um, got there about probably 5.30. Um, and um, it was rocking. It was brilliant. I was just saying to, to Mitch um, before the game, um, o- Oggy was down in the basement because he's obviously three floors. And uh, he had the drum down there, and the and the floor in the middle floor where I was was actually vibrating with with uh, because they were obviously getting, really getting the pre match um, getting the pre match atmosphere going. It was good. It was good on our floor, to be fair as well. So I did that, and then um, uh, met with Ash and a couple of others, and then we went into the ground at seven. I saw Waltz cross the ground at seven. My only my only slight niggle was it told you all to get all the because we were all in the east. It's, if you're in the east, it told you to go to the south entrance, and there's like three or four entrances to the east there. They opened one, and the queue was snaking all the way down um, past the, uh, the the seafarers bar, <laughs> as it was. And uh, he's a funny guy, the, that Tim, isn't he? And up in the north end, actually, I went. I went to the north end in error because I was right in that northeast corner. So I assumed I'd be going in there get there, there's like nobody waiting to go in. So said, oh, no, you've got to go back down that end. So I go back down the other end and, and it's massive kid away. We ended up, we, queued, we, we managed to persuade them to let us in at the north end in the end. But it, it's just, you know, there's only 4,000 4, there and there's a massive queue snaking down the road because they've only got one. I think, uh, well, I think the other problem is it's the age-old attitude of Blackpool fans, isn't it? Getting there. Three minutes before kickoff, stayed in the pub. We were half an hour before. Oh, no, okay. We, like and we got in. Play, we got in plenty of time, but that was a bit of a niggle. But apart from that, actually, walk. I found obviously going in the east is a bit weird anyway because it's not where we used to go in. But um, I found walking back in a very very surreal experience. It was it's it's been like what fourteen months now, wasn't it? Fifteen months. And it was a really, really surreal to be back in the ground and and, and watching the the team, um, and it, and it was a good surreal. But it was it almost like took a little bit of getting used to mm. because, and it was one of the things where we come to like prep for tonight, where normally you're sat in front of a TV and you can take notes as you're going along. You can't do that when you're in the ground, can you? You know, unless unless you're a real geek. Um, you know, Gra- Graham Berry used to do that, didn't he? Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> But no, but anyway, my overall feeling was it was great to be back, but it felt a bit weird. It was it felt a bit um, weird, Mitch. Let's co- let's come to you. So f- for me, mm-hmm. same questions to you. I'll just add my two perth quickly. For me, it felt like I'd not been away weirdly, and it, like you were just back at home. And, and even though we've not been there for what fifteen months, it felt like I'd not been away, which was just a, a weird feeling. So. How was it yeah. for you? <laughs> yeah, very much that where I was I was just listening to what Tim was saying and I was thinking when I was sort of because being a sort of sober responsible driving fan, I was there sort of I don't know about five to seven or something, you know, sat there going, I'm done what it says on the ticket and everything. Um, and I was just struck by it. It almost felt like I was waiting for the Tramia game from all that time ago. And it was kind of really odd. And it was only when the players came out there was like, oh Fonz isn't there, is he? And Feeney's not and it was mm. it was it was that weird feeling of 
kind of almost like the season hadn't happened and, and it was just 15 months ago. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, it's a cliche to go, it was emotional, but it was, it was, it was fantastic being in there. It really was. Matt, over to you, you know, your emotions as you, as you walked through the stadium and th- did it feel like home and you'd never been away? It, it, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Um, despite my sort of hecticness and panic and all the rest of it, but I did get there, as I mentioned, at just after 7 o'clock. So I, I was toying with the idea of going for a beer somewhere, but I just thought, no, I'm just going to go in the ground and just try and reconnect, really, and sort of soak it up at the same time. And I'm glad I did. So I had, like, you know, a good probably 20, 25 minutes before anybody that I, you know, any of my mates sort of turned up and what have you. And it was, it was, it was just nice to do that, really. It was sort of like a bit sort of, almost a moment of reflection in a sort of a poetic way, I guess, really. Just just trying to soak it all back in and uh, appreciate what I've missed. But equally, it was very weird because it was... Obviously, it's, it's one game that we've gone to this season. And it's one game away from Wembley. And it's just bizarre, isn't it? You know, you've not, you've not had that connection because you've been watching it on a 40-inch screen or whatever you've got at home. And now you're in... You know, it's there in all you know 4D, isn't it? Right in front of you. So it's um, it, it was just a bit weird, really. And it took me a while to sort of almost get into it as well. A um, couple of chants and all the rest of it, and that's all it took, obviously. And then, and then we'll go on to the game itself. But um, yeah, it was. It Where was were you sat, Matt? Out of, in, out of interest. Where were you? Um, I, w- I was in the east as well. Um, I did see Tim. He was sort of to the. You're in the, the furthest block on the east on the east side of towards the north weren't you um and i was the next block in basically so i was sort of like level with the 18 yard line i guess no, not bad for you. Um, where were you where, where were you mitch south intro south block w right at the back what w right? i was in the i was in the southwest southwest so i was in the family stand so view the view wasn't too bad so viewers just just give leave us your uh comments in the in the chat just tell us how you felt when you when you come in i'd just be interested to to read a few there. Um, Sean, Sean's just said it was like an out-of-body experience sitting down and taking in the goal reactions. You realise how mental it is all when you're not part of it. And bloody hell, did we feel like part of it yesterday? Yeah. The other thing I forgot to mention that actually really sort of stood out for me was how good the pitch looked. Um, I mean, bear in mind, I think it tipped it down the night before and it, and it was like, 30, was it 31 millimetres of rain the night before? Because, um, is it Paul, isn't it? The uh, groundsman had put that on those little vials out that record how much rain's fallen. And they obviously tipped it down during the day again. So there's all sorts of suggestions, you know, could it, is a good, I know was in rumours, there might be a pitch inspection and you, you think the worst, don't you? But then you turn up and see the pitch and, and how, good, obviously they've done that work, didn't they, after the problems they had earlier on in the year, how good the pitch looked. And um, very, very impressed with that, I have to say. Um, and, was, and so, somebody put on Twitter, didn't they, that picture with the lads training on there when McDonald or Lee Clark was man. I think it was Lee Clark actually was manager. And the pitch of it now, and um, it's, 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 it's the proverbial chalk and cheese, isn't it? And it played beautifully as well, because you do sometimes see green pitches that don't actually play that well, the heavy, mm. or the, we've seen a few 
pings around. It just played beautifully, and I, I don't know. It was really, it was really nice to see because I can't remember when our pitch went downhill, but we always used to have a pretty decent pitch, didn't we? You know, if you go yeah. back, you go back. It was always pretty nice to play football on, but it was, it was lovely to see. Did you notice half time as well? And I know it was never. It was just a round me a bit because we're under the old regime. Um, used to get like one person on the pitch at half time and they was literally an army, wasn't they? Yeah. A whole team went on. Yeah. Yeah. It's it one down. bloke with a pitchfork, weren't it? Yeah. yeah. It was Stan. <laughs> I didn't actually but, notice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, no, came, I, they, they came from that corner where where me and Tim were at, didn't they? They all yeah. trooped out. It was like who the hell are these guys? Exactly, yeah. Great tips are restless, what's going yeah. on? <laughs> It, it it almost had a kind of a a first day of the season vibe to it, where you don't know any of the play. Well, you do know the players, but it's it's the first time you've seen them, and you you have to f- physically uh, reconcile what they look like on TV versus on the pitch. And one thing for me that I noticed, like Ellis Sims, is fucking massive, isn't he? Huge, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't realise how big he is until you see you see him in the flash, and it's great, great to see that big unit of a man up front. And he he had, he, he was holding the ball up well for me, and it's like he's he's learnt that over the last sort of five six games. But we'll we'll move on to the actual to the game itself now, and as usual, we'll go through the match day lineup, which was Chris Maxwell, Ollie Turton, Dan Ballard, Husband, Garbutt, Stewart, Dougal, Mitchell, Embleton, Sims. And eight. So, Mitch, I'll come to you first on the the team lineup. So, there's one change. Mitchell coming in for for Keshi. So, what, what do you think was going through Critch's genius brain with that yeah, decision? No, I was I was happy enough with it. Um, I mean, I think with Keshi and Demi and Sully, there's, there's sort of a case to make for all three. Obviously, Sully's not fit, but there's a case to make for all three. Um, and I do like Demi. I think he's, a, he's, he's the player who has, I've probably changed my opinion on most in the course of the season. And I'm getting to the point where I, so the last month or so, every time he comes on, I think he should, he, he deserves a start. Keshi's been out, hasn't he? Um, but, you know, whether he's, he's absolutely 100% yet. So I was, I was happy enough with it. I thought it looked decent. And I thought, obviously, Mitchell's pace... Um, on the break, they've got attackers. It seemed to make sense, and why change it? So I was, yeah. I was quite pleased, and I was pleased he hadn't, he hadn't sort of rested three or four, you know, because that's just a recipe for bringing on a disaster, isn't it? To sort of say yeah. we can rest. So yeah, it was happy enough. Okay, yeah. Tim, Tim, over to you on the uh, uh, team lineup. So what was your, what was your thoughts on it? So he's, he's not made any big changes as he he's, he's gone to see no, the game out when he could, potentially could have when you no, know I, the, the game is arguably quite, over I was quite pleased about that to be honest because there's nothing more dangerous than resting players and assuming the job's done um, you know we've been there and bought the t-shirt before haven't we as to you know um, conceding um, uh, victory you know and also snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory I think is the expression and uh, so when you saw that team, that said, Blackpool mean business tonight. It, you know, they, they intend to make sure this gets over the line. Um, I was quite surprised um, that uh, um, uh, that Anderson didn't play. Um, I did think he'd start, but um, 
Mitchell, you know, as, as Mitchell's already said, um, you know, Mitchell's a great player, and uh, so I wasn't I wasn't too disappointed about that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's pretty much. I was, when I looked at it, I was pleased. I thought we're, we're going to make sure we're in this game. Whatever happens, we are not not going to Wembley. Putting a team out like that, and um, uh, yeah, very happy. Although, Matt, let's just move on to the to the game itself. Unless you've got anything to add about the team lineup, no, I concur okay. with all of that. Yeah. Really, yeah, absolutely. So, as Tim's just said, there, there was no doubt that we were going to Wembley. We've started the game very strongly. But on seven minutes, did you think, oh, fuck, it's another Bradford? <laughs> like we all did, I bet. <laughs> I, 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 I did. I did and I didn't because I just thought, you know, with our recent history of, of I know obviously we've just conceded, but with our recent history of a, a good, solid defence and the fact that we hadn't sort of changed the lineup massively, well, only the one player, obviously, I, I wasn't sort of overly concerned, but mainly because of the five minutes that happened before that, I thought we started really well and we were confident and we looked, you know, obviously up for it, whereas you could potentially um, be instantly just on the back foot and just casual, I guess, really. And um, yeah, it wasn't the greatest start. I mean, silly free kick to give away by Dan Ballard. Um Inexperience, over enthusiasm, bit of combination of both, really. Um, and you know, then I can't remember who it was, but then we somebody seemed to stand on the ball in the goal in the goal area. Kevin Stewart, was it Kevin Stewart, right? And um, it was just a, you know, a, a, the goals that we've conceded are generally of our own doing, aren't they? It seems that we haven't had many goals where we've conceded where players of of, of you know teams have done great quality stuff against us it just seems to be our own stupid mistakes and and those two things were just the wrong place at the wrong time weren't they and I wasn't overly concerned I must admit because I I, I thought that this team was still good enough and you know my heart wasn't pounding that badly I must admit. Mitch over to you Um, I was I was kind of just trying to laugh it off and pretend I wasn't bothered but deep down inside me I was thinking Shit, and I think anyone who's been there for that Bradford game, it's a it's a natural reaction that you you're gonna have. I I told me lad the sort of folk story of it on the way in. He'd been going, "What's what's the worst game you've ever seen, Dad? What's what's you know what's the what's the what's the worst loss you've ever seen?" And I'm, well, let me tell you, 25 years ago, my dad took me to a game of football just like this one. I told him all about it, and he's kind of gone, "Oh, it won't happen tonight, really." I went, "No, no, I'll be all right. We know, we'll be fine." And I thought we started so well. I was just I was just sat just enjoying it. I was just really, really appreciating the, the press struck me, the, the high press, because I've not seen that in the flesh and just how quickly we're shutting them down. It was all going beautifully. I was thinking, this is going to be a really nice evening. I'm just going to say, oh, shit. And it was one of those goals that was just, it was just those horrible goals where, yeah. where, where you go, you go, get rid, get rid, oh, shit, ah, and it, it just sort of arrowed into that. I was obviously at the other end, and it just, you know, just saw it arrow into the corner, and it, it kind of went in slow motion. I could see that Maxwell wasn't going to make it, and I just sat down for about 30 seconds, complete, because I was on the back row, I'd been stood up, or I was stood up, but I sat down just completely and utterly, oh, God, no. No, 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 no. And then I got up, and it was clear that we, you know, it was clear pretty quickly that we weren't going to, we weren't going to take it lying down. We mm. weren't going to fall apart. But 
yeah, I, I saw what you'd put on Twitter the, the other night, uh, last night, and I thought, yeah, I was exactly the same. Here we go. Matt, over to you. I said to the uh, chap I sit with, well, we both said before the game, let's just not concede an early goal. Yeah, I mean, we all wanted to, you know, obviously to score in the first seven minutes ourselves, and then it was, you know, get the cigars out and, and just relax, wasn't it? But... <laughs> You know, we we don't do anything that simply at Blackpool, do we? It's just not in our not in our makeup. Um, but like I said, it, it, I wasn't overly concerned because I think this you know this team are made of sterner stuff, aren't they? So um, whilst it was obviously a, a blow, and the first thing I noticed was obviously four thousand people went instantly quiet, and you obviously just heard what. 25 voices or whatever. Yeah, it was weird, off, wasn't it? You know, yeah, you're right, yeah. It, it, it was weird. And and I guess that sort of maybe helps us in, in terms of how quickly we responded because normally you do get however many hundred or thousand or whatever away fans, you know, chanting and singing and all that. And there wasn't that to sort of back them up. Um, so that was a, a bit sort of different as well, wasn't it? I think also, it re- in a way, when you look at the whole thing, because it was such a good night, it, in a way, it sort of made the game. Because I'd, I'd, I'd been thinking on the way in, it was like what we were saying about before the match and the atmosphere, I was thinking, I really just want a game of football. I almost don't want a playoff semi-final. I want a game of football. Mm-hmm. I just want a, a, to be there and have a game of football. And it, it 3-0 up, it, and, and it... The atmosphere was good beforehand, but it didn't really have that edge. It was, it was, it was so well, like a carnival. Really that edge, yeah, yeah. And then we went one 0 Then it became a proper game of that, football. Yeah, you got that silence, <laughs> and then suddenly, you know, everyone's up, and it means something again. Yeah, it's a great and, point. And it, it almost made it. The, the other point to make, actually, is um, I thought it was actually a great goal by Taylor. Um, uh, you know, when the ball comes in, I actually thought it was an excellent finish by him. Um, I didn't actually miss the bit about Stuart standing on the ball because I, I knew he'd, he'd come across. I'd seen an Oxford player, I think it was Raffles, who got a sort of head to it. I didn't realise that there'd been any issue over Stuart standing on the ball, but I just thought Taylor's finish was class, to be fair, as well. Didn't give, didn't give, didn't give much of a chance for Maxwell, did he? It just seemed to get stuck under him. It was like he couldn't get it away. I don't yeah. know if he stood on it or he just... Yeah, and I agree with the comment that's gone up. I, I've never been a massive Stuart fan, but I thought he was superb. Yeah, he's, I think but once you see yeah, him in the flesh, you think he's one of those players, isn't he, that you don't really realise how good he is until you see him in the flesh. But uh, Paul Scholes was like that for me. Yeah, I, I think um, for me, both what was outstanding about Stuart was um, both he and, and Kenny Duke, the, the, there's the tackling is, is quite ferocious, isn't it, I thought. Um, you know, that... They, would, they just never gave. I mean, they've never given teams much of a, a chance in the in the midfield all the way through the last sort of two or three months, obviously. But I thought last night when you see it in the flesh, um, it's just a totally different sort of appreciation of their skills, isn't it? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I thought Stuart was uh, was really good last night, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just one of those things that he just didn't seem to sort of clear it for whatever reason. But other than that, and I agree about Taylor, by the way, Tim. I think he is a. A, a canny bugger, isn't he? Um, mm. You know, he was—he was—he's not physically the biggest centre forward in League One, but you could see that he was just sort of leaning in all the time mm. against Ballard and, and husband, and uh, yeah, I mean, you can see why he scored what close to twenty goals himself this season. Good player, Tim. Just coming to you uh, on the goal there, come, come out from Sean coming in. Can you imagine September form after that goal? We would have crumbled, and it showed how far mentally 
they've come or we've come, Sean. And that it is a, that's a good point, though, isn't it? Because previously in games, we as soon as we went behind, you knew that was it. We're not coming back. As it happened, and um, uh, Critchley mentioned this actually. I was I, just before we came on tonight. I was watching his post-match um, uh, observations, and uh, and one of the things he spoke about was um, the attitude of his team and um, and the way in which um, they have a, a they've almost like developed a habit of hitting back after it's, after they concede, which is a great habit to. To, to acquire, isn't it? You know, I think you mentioned Peterborough and you mentioned um, Hull, and um, and I think he's, I think he feels he's got players in there with a character that they don't now. That and I think, I think this is to be compared and contrasted with the start of the season, um, who don't buckle, um, who don't fold when they can see the goal. They actually, they actually have the opposite effect. He almost like brings an extra steal out of them, and I think we saw that, didn't we? You know, so we're going to go on to speak about about what happens immediately afterwards. Um, but you know, we, we've got some characters out there, haven't you? If you look all the way through the team now, uh, you know, we've spoken about Stuart and Dougal, and I think everybody knows what I think about Dougal, how good he is. Um, but you know, in, in the defence, you know, husband and, and and Ballard as a young player, all he seems to want to do is defend and defend the best he can. Um, and then you've got obviously Yates up front, and um, and uh, all all the way around the team. I think we've got winners and leaders, and um, it's it's fantastic to see. Well, we've got that thing, Tim, that we've got all those players you mentioned, and then you can see everybody else is playing like that as well because it's mm-hmm. now become not negotiable. You know, um, I thought, like Mitchell, for example, he was snapping into everything, and, and that's because of the players around him. And, and yeah. there was nobody, there's nobody that doesn't have that spirit now, and I think it's it, it was really, really striking. Comes from it at the wrong time, I've got a bit of ice in my mouth. I'll just, crunch, I'll just crunch that really annoyingly. Well, I stopped because I thought it was going on, but it's not. Why have you got ice with beer? It's actually, well, I've finished the beer and now I'm on a uh, Matt style rum and coke. I was going to say, I hope you're on some sort of chasers there, John. You're letting the sign down. Well, I didn't, I didn't drink at all yesterday at the game, so I'm no, well, kind of making up for it. I, I was obviously sober, and that's. Um, p- 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 well, that sounds like I've really got a problem, but it's probably the first time for a long time, quite frankly. That <laughs> <laughs> was Blackpool sober. <laughs> Although, well, you know, the amount of time we've been out away from the stadium, if people have been on the piss twice in a week, all credit to you. Lap it up while you can. Right, so, Tim, we've we've gone behind, but we've come right back at them. And the equaliser was kind of an inevitable for me. So we've had Kevin Stewart having a shot. It's gone out for a corner. Jerry Yates has gone through on goal, put him offside, and we went right on the front foot straight afterwards. And as I said, it was almost inevitable that we equalised. And Elliot Umberton, with a, as I described him with the previous pod, he's quite powder puff when he's shooting. Yeah, uh, I think he's heard that and given me the big middle finger like that. <laughs> Dan, Dan um, and the chat has just said it looked like conceding the goal made us angry that Oxford had scored and um, I think that's probably a, a fair assessment and, and sort of links into what I was saying before about Critchley's comments and uh, yeah, you know, obviously we've gone right at him again and then Embleton's picked it up on the left and um, 
uh, he actually had an option, I think, to put, play it out um, uh, to Garbutt, didn't he? And, I was screaming, didn't... you greedy bastard, play him in! <laughs> and he, he, cut, he cuts inside. And then actually, although he had more players in front of him, but it reminded me very much of um, of Keegan Parker's goal in 2007 mm. against Yeovil. And it was just... An, the, the curl on that ball was just exquisite. And, and it, it, I chuckle all the more because... You could hear, obviously, quite a few Sunderland fans were watching the game, and they'd have been cursing and swearing. Oh, yeah. That one of their players you know. was, was doing it for one of the other four in the playoffs. And um, Given the result today at Lincoln, where well, they've beaten him, he could have been the difference. Well, it turns out they also had Mitchell on um, on trial and didn't take didn't take up an option on him or didn't pursue it. And uh, so I've said, I, I went on there when I was when I got back and couldn't sleep last night when I got got back from the armfield. I went through their thread and um their match day thread and they, they were cursing that they hadn't signed Mitchell and that Embleton had been allowed to go out on loan and um um and you know and and you know to be fair, you know, Embleton it, it, it goes hot and cold sometimes, doesn't he? But wow, you know, to, to score a goal like that and um and to be there and see it and get to be fair, get quite a decent view of it as well from down our end, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. Was was fantastic. And and what a what a retort to going one nil down. It really was. Yep. Uh, Mitch, I was I was right behind the goal because it was uh, I was just in the in the section of the ground where the south becomes the west. So as soon as it hit it's hit his boot, I was I said, It's going in. It's going in this. And I heard Neil Critch I heard Neil Critchley on the radio afterwards and he was saying he was obviously singing Embleton's praises, and he was saying he's he's one of the most two-footed players that I've ever worked with. And he said you can he can shift it on his right or left. He can take corners with his left and right. And it was it was the it was the fact that he's he's put. I'd say it was probably better than Keegan Parker's goal because Embleton's got two or three players pretty close on him, and he's had to sell them dummies, which he's done with ease, hasn't he? And just knocked it in the corner. Oh, what a strike! Oh, it was superb. I, yeah, I agree. I think he had a bit more to do than Geegee yeah. did. Um, and there was a little shuffle in it as well, because yeah. I, I was I was straight in line with where he set off from, um, and I'd seen Garbutt going, and I'd done that thing that you do, you know, when you helpfully point to the players as if they're going to follow you, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the stand, yeah. and I pointed out to Garbutt, and then for some reason he'd ignored me, and I saw him go inside, and I just thought, oh, he's just going to run into traffic, and there was just this little shuffle in there, yeah. really, really quick feet, this little shuffle, and then it just... It just pinged, didn't it? It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful goal. And that was, I think that was the moment, going back to the opening, about what was the moment when it felt like you're really back. It was that goal. It was the the cathartic moment, mm. the release. And it was just, went mental. It was brilliant. I'd forgotten how good it was to go mental to a goal. Because you don't on your couch, do you? You sort of, no. you know, but you don't really. And it was just beautiful. Matt, what were your thoughts when that went in, from your vantage point? <laughs> Yeah, and it, and it was a vantage point, as Tim says. We were, we were literally right behind it. So it was like that, you know, that delayed reaction. We're just waiting for the net to bulge, aren't you? Um, because it, it it just seemed to almost take an ace to go past the goalkeeper's left arm. Um, but you could instantly know that it was on target. Um, so it, it was just, I mean, it was just a great goal, wasn't it? Um, I can't add anything than the other guys have said already, really. And, and it was that moment, I think, when... 
you know, all hell sort of broke loose in terms of celebratory and uh, certain COVID things might have just slipped out of the window for a little bit. And, um, yeah, it was, we are, we're, we're not just back, but we're, we're looking like we're back at Wembley as well at the same time. And that was just, uh, just where we wanted to be. And, uh, yeah, it was like a, it was like a boxer, wasn't it? We ju- we just had a, a, a bit of a, a clip round our own jaw and then we've just, you know, probably instantly landed the knockout punch, haven't we? So it's brilliant. Listen, John, I'm just I'm just going to get me power cable before I disappear, so I better do that. Right, so okay, carry, carry on, mate. As as you were, gentlemen. Um, Tim, Matt's just mentioned there that the heavyweight bo- or the boxer coming in, getting angry and uh, giving his opponent a clip. But I think the knockout blow did come what two minutes later when uh, Kenny Dougal's knocked one in. He's we've not criticised, but we've just thought maybe just the way to improve his game is to bring more goals into it and he's he's popped up with a a vital a vital one um corners come in from yeah was I, say, I can't remember who put the corner because it doesn't it show Embleton. on the replay it was Embleton it was Embleton Embleton, Embleton so. he's got an assist and every credit cause it was, it was, it was hang, hang on a, hang on a minute what what a recovery and contact What's that word? Contort, contorting of the body that contortion, yeah. contortion that uh, Dan Ballard did to get the ball well, back was, into I play. Gonna, I, was, I was just about to mention that. I was going to say, obviously the corner comes in. It's, it went a bit long, to be honest. Didn't it? it, it went, yeah. Ideally, where you'd want the corner to come, and um, and Dan Ballard does the acrobatics. Is the only way to describe it of throwing himself at the ball and in some way Inspector Gadget net almost. He, he angled his his header to, to to bring it not just keep it in play but bring it back um, uh, at, at an angle back into the six yard box um, and or just outside the six yard box and then Dougal again quite acro- acro- acrobatically as well um, almost like does a sort of half volley and he had a few players around him as well. There's quite a few um, players challenging him and um, and finds the back of the net. So all in all, it was it looked good and it was a great goal. Decent corner, acrobatic header, and then a half volley finish from um, from Dougal, who's not known for his um, uh, for being prof- uh, for being uh, prolific, is he? So, uh, as as we say, we've been critical of the fact that midfield hadn't chipped in with the goals, and, and it's great to see when they do. And is Embleton classed as midfielder? Then would you would you put him in the midfield? Nah, they're more of an attacker, really. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like waiting for a, for a boss, but uh, Mitch. Those Bradford feelings were taken out there and thrown in the bin when that went in for me. I was just rubbing my hands thinking, oh, I can relax now. Uh, Like the proverbial cigar, as it were. Absolutely. No, it was was lovely. It was very similar to Dougal's other goal, wasn't it? I think he's only got one other one. I can't remember it was an away game and he sort of hooked one in from about 10 yards then, didn't he? Ironically against Oxford, I think. Was it Oxford? Yeah, it yes, was Oxford. good yeah. knowledge. You're right, it was. Yeah. yeah. Must have been a sober moment. <laughs> and, and I'm sure somebody else has done this, but I, I went, I've done a little screen grab on Twitter of Ballard just as he heads it back. And, I, and there's two frames that I did. And one's him running with the defender. And then it's kind of the next frame I got. I kept pausing it. And it's just, it's, it's amazing when you look at it. He's, he's moved about. I don't know, about four foot more than the defender has is with him. But it looks like he stretched about two of those feet as well. It's almost like, you know, like... He almost looks horizontal to me. Yeah. Like he was almost like diving for, diving forward. But 
But normally when you dive forward, you head it straight, don't you? He's dive forward and then headed it back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, bizarre. You know, when cats stretch and you just suddenly go, where did the rest of that cat come from? They look about twice. Speak, the size. It's like that speak, in midair. Speaking it's, of cats, was, just look over to my right shoulder there. You know, move my webcam a bit. You see that little fella there asleep. Oh, yeah. He's, he's called Mike. And if you can see, just for the benefit of the audio, the camera's now pointing at my ginger cat asleep in his basket. He's called Mike. And he's named after the one and only one club legend that is Mike Davis. Just as an aside. And my my dog is lying in his bed here and he's called Ollie. And I wonder why. Just just uh, just on a on a feline go on, just a, a, a feline segue. I've got a I've got a couple of mates of the Oxford fans have been on before. And I the fact that we've they've gone ahead. We've clawed it back, claw pun in, no pun intended, and we've done it again when they've gone. Well, they brought it two two, and then we've gone ahead straight away. I said, I said to them, it's like when you see a cat when it catches a a bird or a mouse. I don't know if anyone's ever seen this. Uh, yeah. Cat owners might know this. They'll half kill it, and they'll let it sort of escape, and just before the mouse thinks, "Oh God, I've just got away," the cat will jump on it again kill it again and go, right, go on, you can go, go on, go away, escape again. And the cat will jump on it again. And it was like that last night. We were like letting them get ahead, just knocking them back down again, letting them think they're getting back in it, getting back down again. So that's quite a good analogy. And anyway, uh, pussies aside, let's move on to the second half. So we've gone in at 2-2, Tim, and sorry, 2-1. Uh, Dan Bollard doesn't come out for the second half. What do you think the... The mastermind Neil Critchley was thinking with that. Well, actually, I can quote the mastermind himself because um, being being the consummate researcher that I am, um, I watched, um, as I said before, I watched Critchley's interview and he actually said he, he'd had, um, I think about 30 minutes in, he said he felt a bit of a twinge in his uh, groin and, um, and at half-time it started to tighten up a bit. So I think the discretion is a better part of valour on it. And... Um, and uh, get resting because you want him for the final, don't you? So the last thing you want to do when you're 2-1 up and they need what they needed, four more goals to even take it to extra time, is uh, is risk somebody who's very, very important to the side. So I think it's preventative. And I'm, I'm... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Very, very confident that he'll be starting next week. Mitch, over to you, Big Marv's come on and... I did. I did notice a couple of occasions when he just looks a bit rusty to me. And what one? Yeah. There was one occasion when he let the ball bounce rather than meeting it and just clearing it. I thought 
he really needs a bit more game time to get up to his usual standard. Yeah, I agree. And I think that became, um, I can't think of what the word is, um, it became a bit catching in the defence. I thought Maxwell was more hesitant in the second half. Um, and we just looked a little bit shaky um, with him there. So, yeah, no, he, he he didn't look quite at the races, which is understandable because he hasn't started a game in God knows how long, has he? Mm. I mean, he's had a few sub-appearances, but he hasn't started for ages, has he? No, he's coming as a sub, hasn't he? So, Matt, Matt as Mitch has just said, we we did we, we did really shaky, didn't we, at the back once um, our Colossus at the back went off. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, obviously Marvin hasn't played for so many times, as, as Mitch has just said, and um, he's going to take a little bit of time to get into it. And unfortunately, with, with Oxford having to push forward as the, um, the obviously continually did, he wasn't going to just have the opportunity to ease into it, unfortunately. So he was instantly involved in everything that um, that Oxford threw forward at him. Um, and from what I, what I can tell, I mean, we were a little bit further away from from our goal mouth in the second half. Um, he, he seemed to do okay, really. I mean, there was probably one or two instances which were difficult to say in, in terms of the goals that we conceded. Who who was you know if we're going to lay any blame anywhere particularly? But I don't remember him necessarily having uh, having a massive sort of involvement but maybe maybe somebody can put me right on that um, one it's difficult I, I don't to think see. he was I don't think he Sims, was directly, really. yeah he wasn't directly culpable no. for the goals but I think no. the difference with Ballard and Ekpiteta is Ballard what I noticed about Ballard was how aggressive he is as a center half he, he comes out and deals with it and what Marvin seems to do is he's he's such a good last ditch tackler mm. but he doesn't he's not stepping out the defense yeah. and I think we we were kind of a bit more passive defensively with him in there, and that that through the rest. More, of the more reactive than proactive, isn't it? I think that's yeah, that's that's a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, spot on, Mitch. There was that one occasion when he, he he did he did recover for an earlier error, and he, he's very good at doing that. Was recovering from things he perhaps should have dealt with. So it's great to see. I think where someone's just put. Um, Phil Holmby said TV had lots of shots of Ballard watching second half laughing and joking so I'm sure it was just a preventative measure anyway but Tim James Henry's hit the bar on uh, sorry the post on 48 minutes and that was a a kind of a warning sign and four minutes later they've gone they've gone 2-2 up on the the evening Rob Atkinson's um, scored for Oxford and it was just a I I think I texted my I said that's one of the most softest goals I've ever seen. It was like a, a, a training game, game almost. Yeah, well, the ball came in. The ball came in from the right, didn't it? And um, I mean, equally, I think I think he headed. You know, um, just sticking up for our defence a little bit. I think he actually headed it quite well. He headed it right back and right to the far corner. But it was the fact that it was a completely free header, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was a free you header. Your spot, it, mate. It, it was quite a soft header, but it was it was an accurate header. Um, and uh, he, he basically sent the ball back, as, as all good players do. They send when you're heading a ball, you send it back the way it's came, and um, so it's coming from the right. And he sent it right back, right to the corner. And um, I think you've got to give it again. I think you've got to give them a little bit of credit that it was a good goal, um, you know. Um, but we should have. He had a free header. That, the issue we've got is that it was a free header, and it should never have been a free header, should it? No, um, it was quite. In- Sorry, Tim. It was, I was going to say it was quite interesting today that um, I don't know whether anybody watched the Sunderland Lincoln game. I did. But Lincoln's goal was sort of similar in a way, and that um, 
Um, I try, I'm trying to think who it was now. I think it was Charlie White that was doing the defending, but he was defending against their centre forward. And yeah. the guy who was on co-commentary was saying, well, that, that's that's great. You're just matching them up by height, but you're not matching them up against ability, yeah. which I think is probably the same situation that we had last night. I.E. Sims is a big lad, but he's not a centre-half, is he? So he's not going to win, you know, headers all the time. He's going to drift off and think like an attacker instead of a centre-half. And, and maybe that's just something that um, we can learn from going into the final game of the season, perhaps. So, Mitch, um, the, the score's 5-2 on aggregate. There wasn't that Bradford feeling for me when when that's gone in. It's just sort of, oh, God, you know, maybe slightly on our edge, but there wasn't any real worries. But Jerry's gone down the other end two minutes later and completely put the tie to bed um, with a um, left in acres of space almost, but he still had a lot to do and he's rifled in a, a great goal with his right foot past the keeper and, and a, a poignant moment at the end when he's he's got the T-shirt and raised it for... For Jordan Bank, so it was um, it was nice to get back in ahead of the game, and it was a nice gesture as well. It was, and I was really happy that Jerry scored. I think if I'd have, if I could have picked one player to score a goal to, in front of the, yeah, I think one player that's kind of a um, what Matt said at the beginning. I think is there's some truth in that the the connection with the players is different, and I think the one player that's really broken that that everyone's taken to is Jerry um, so I was really pleased to see him get it and again it was really good work from Mitchell set it up um, wide on the right um, sort of it was quite it, from where I was it looked like I thought Sims was going to glance it came to Jerry lovely control and then just when he's at his best he, I was calling the sniper because he just he just he's just deadly and it was beautiful took it down far corner and again it was a lovely moment with the t-shirt. I mean, you've already, you've already said that it was a lovely moment. The the bit before kickoff was really moving, and this might sound sentimental or whatever, but I sort of in that minute before kickoff, I just sort of my lad was next to me, and I just kind of reached down and kind of like ruffled his head and yeah. kind of had a little minute there, thinking it was you know it was really lovely. And to be fair, you probably said this on the pod the other week. Um, no, you wouldn't have done it. It was. Who came out in Clifton Rangers shirts? One of the te- one of the playoff teams did, didn't they? Um, who was it? Yeah. Oh. Who, who's the? Oh, it was Lincoln, wasn't it? It was Lincoln. It was, yeah. Did you see yeah, yeah. that? Was yeah. it really? And, yeah, 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 they came and they all came out in Clifton Rangers shirts with seven on the yeah. back, and I right. thought that was a really beautiful touch as yeah. well. Mm. And that, that whole thing, it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was moving. It was moving. Yeah, it was. It, it was yeah. very moving. Yeah. <clears throat> Matt, great to see Jerry get back on the score sheet. I don't think he's, he has, he's he's had a bit of a drought, hasn't he, last few games? And it's great that he's, as Mitch said, he's got that goal and he can take confidence now going into the to the final. Yeah, I did actually say to um, to the guys around me. I said that uh, I hope that Jake's Jerry. I didn't say. I think I might have said he, he needs a goal. You know, because obviously, you know, goalkeeper. Sorry, goalkeeper. Goal scorers thrive on. Um, scoring goals and confidence that it brings and going into a final, you do want your goal scorer who scored 20-odd yeah. goals to just have that extra bit of belief um, that might make the difference next uh, next Sunday, isn't it? So I, I was thrilled that he scored. Obviously, he just, you know, 
at that particular point sort of put the uh, sort of cherry on the cake, wasn't it? And uh, it was it was a really good finish and a and a confident finish. And that and that's the thing with Yates. I think he seems to have you know a couple of games of of no goals, but then he, he takes his chance like he's just been scoring five goals a game. He, you know, it's, it's it's just natural to him, isn't it? And um, yeah, it was it was it was great to see. Absolutely fantastic. Tim, over to you now. Um, 55 minutes, not long after Jebby scored. Yeah. Before you do on, that, yeah. I just want to mention one player who, who we didn't get, didn't get mentioned that build-up, and that was Ellis Sims, who I thought did an absolute... It was exquisite, his ball out to Mitchell. He then gets himself in the box. But if you watch it back again and, and watch the way he plays, he plays Mitchell in, it, it's, it's just wanted, I wanted to note it because... Listen, I've, I've been one person who's had a bit of a dig at Sims sometimes, and he's he's come on leaps and bounds, not just in front of goal. And yes, he didn't quite connect connect with it, and, and as it happened, it went to two to Yates. But he set up that goal, and um, it wouldn't have happened without that ball. And um, I just wanted to mention that. And you have just and you just have gone. I have <laughs> and I have. Um, yeah, as I was saying, the the foul from Matty Taylor on. Chris Maxwell for me I had a really good view of it and he's done something to Ballard hasn't he in the first half and he really could have taken Chris Maxwell out of the final with that challenge it was an absolute disgrace for me and now I'm, I'm going to hand over because I didn't really see it but I okay. know some of you did <laughs> who's that uh, Mitch go on yeah. go on Mitch well I I it was that, <laughs> this is where I really knew I was at a game where I think I Thankfully, I didn't, but I, I sort of went all red-faced and angry, and I could feel myself wanting to run down the steps because the ref just completely bottled it. I was, you know, yeah. thankfully, I didn't get them and find myself as a Twitter meme, like an angry <laughs> bottle boy. But, um, it was a horrible challenge. Um, and Maxwell did what he always does. Can you think of a single time this year where he's been caught with the ball at his feet ever? I, ca- I couldn't think of a single game where it's been. Yeah, the only the only time when he was just, he was struggling was when Thornley absolutely smashed a back pass to him, but he still dealt with that. If you remember, he really drilled a heavy back pass to him. But no, I can't. Yeah, and he took it in. He sort of little little shimmy, set himself, and I could see um, you could see their lad coming at him, and he cleared it, and it was a good clearance. He kept it in play. He, that's the other thing; he doesn't just clear it; he, he clears it to somebody. And the the bloke just he just carried on going, sort of lifted his feet straight through him, and he just went down straight away. He went down, and and I I lost it. I I, I sort of I, people in the south stand were turning around looking at me because I was calling the referee a bottling. I think I called him a shite ass pathetic bottling twat. I think I dropped like a sea bomb at that point as well. Yeah, actually. yeah. in the Absolutely. family stand. <laughs> yeah, and it was, um, and the ref sort of looked at it and then mm, sort of half-heartedly gave me yellow, and I was raging. I was absolutely I was. raging because he he booked Maxwell for for arguing about an offside in the first half, and he'd been so much quicker on that. Yeah. Maxwell had yeah. gone out yeah. as the captain saying, sort of contesting a decision, which if anyone's got the right, the captain's got the right to talk about a decision. And he'd gone straight to his pocket, marched over to him like some jumped-up deputy head, and, you know, don't you argue with me, and and sort of half-heartedly waved a yellow at the guy who... who I mean, he, he didn't book him immediately, did he? He, he? he was like, I was like, is he even going to book him? Is he even going to book him? 
And then about then Maxwell's down for ages, wasn't he? And then he, then their lad wanders over about a minute and a half later and sort of half arsedly goes, mm, didn't mean Yeah, it. yeah. And they all carried on. And I, I, the ref wound me up. I, I, yeah. I'm not one to really moan about refs that much. You know, sometimes you get a bad ref. It is what it is. Refs are what they are. But he wound me up because he just seemed, he seemed more bothered about players kind of doing what they were told than actually protecting players from, from injury. And Oxford seemed to, in, the, in in we'll get to it, but they seemed to, so once it was like last 20 minutes, they seemed to give up and just think, oh, well, we'll kick him a bit. Yeah. They were d- and, dirty bastards, I thought. Yeah, they were. And they were worse. They were worse when, when the game had gone because it looked, it almost looked like they were petulantly trying to think, well, if we can't beat you, we'll take one of you out the final. Yeah. Oh. And he did nothing to protect us. No. Mm. I was going to say that a couple of people have commented on it already, and there was—I um, noticed it at the time. It, it was a bit of a sneaky one, but there was um, for me there was a potential red card in the first half against Taylor on Ballard, where he he basically just put his studs on his Achilles. It was a horrendous tackle, and I'm sure if you know in the in the age of VAR and Premier League and all that sort of stuff, he would have gone. He would have gone, no doubt about it, if the referee had had the opportunity to see it again, but. I you couldn't know, see that from I mean, my end, Matt. So was was it that no, bad? Yeah, I thought so. You know, I was I was screaming at it, and maybe I was, you know, I don't know if I was just unfortunate or fortunate to see it because the the board obviously sort of gone in play, and um, it was just horrific. Um, it was a really bad tackle, and you know, it, it was one of those that because it is your Achilles, it's a potential career threatening injury, and uh, fortunately, you know, Ballard obviously sort of got up and carried on until um, until half time, as we mentioned earlier, but. That, I thought. I mean, that, we don't want to talk too much about the referee and give him too much airtime. But I thought he was. Did so? Did he? Did he? Did he actually see that challenge, Matt? Because that's gone unpunished, yeah, hasn't he it? He gave it as a foul. So he's seen he it. Was, yeah, <laughs> but there was no there was no card or anything. And and uh, what what really annoyed me about that referee as well, and um, he just seemed to do this a lot. Was there was a foul. And then he'd wait about what seemed to be like 10 seconds before he'd blow his whistle. And you just think, what the hell are you doing? Mm. Uh, it was very bizarre officiating. And um, I don't know whether, uh, hopefully that's his last game of, of you know, his career. Because I thought it was bloody terrible. Mm. I really did. And it was it, it was another one of those, oh, we're, we're back in it sort of thing, slacking referees off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, after I'd had my outburst, then I've had 30 seconds there. So that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to call people stuff like that at the top of your voice. <laughs> yeah, nowhere else in society can you drop a C-bob at the top of your voice, yeah. screaming yeah. at someone, can you? So, yeah, good to, good to be back anyway. But thankfully, there was no long-term injury to Maxwell, Tim, because... Any player we don't want out of that final, it's Chris Maxwell. I think he's probably probably the only one that's irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. Um, and, we just get the wadding from loan like Lincoln did, can't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think I think I think the, the way the way we set up and and um, Mitch sort of went into this before um, the way the way we set up and the way we play. Maxwell's heavily actually involved almost like in this sweeper role. Yeah. And I think we saw um, uh, when Stuart Moore played, didn't we, that it was different, wasn't it? It wasn't the way we played out from the back changed significantly yeah. on the basis of which goalkeeper was in, in nets. And the last thing we want at this stage of the season is, is our, he, I think he's almost like a little bit of a talent as well as captain, he's a little bit of a talisman oh, yeah. for us. Yeah. Is that is that we lose him and um, and the shape goes and I think it would I think it would massively. There's no disrespect to 
to more, but I think it would massively affect our shape. Dan BFC said, deliberate eye gouge, pulling someone down to land and back up heel equals fine. Question and offside, yellow card instant. And that sums that ref up to me. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a little man and he had little attitudes towards booking their players. Like, so if you think that Taylor's done that in the first half and to do what he's done on against Maxwell, it was two horrific challenges, both both one after the other and he's still on the pitch. So let's hope we don't get him ever again. So let's hope we've got the crap referee out of the way for the uh, the semi-final. And thankfully we've all come, come through unscathed. Right, Mitch, 72 minutes, triple substitution, Keshi... Jordan Gabriel and uh, Gary Goals came on for Elliot Embleton, Dimitri Mitchell and Ellis Sims. It's affected our shape a bit and Oxford would have scored with Shadipo two minutes later. Knocked in another kind of soft, weird, how's that happened kind of goal for Oxford. 3-3. Yeah, I can't really remember how this happened. I, I, can't. I, was happy, I can't. I was just happy to see... Um, Big Gaz on, which was that was amazing. I, I was hoping, was I was hoping Big Gaz was going to go and sort Matty yeah. Taylor out. Yeah, yeah. Or that, that that was all he really needed, wasn't it? it was Stamp on the little shit or, or knock him out. <laughs> yeah. One of the two would have been the the perfect thing. Um, yeah, it just sort of came in, and I think this one Maxwell probably would would be the if you wanted to point a finger, you'd probably point it at Maxwell. And I thought Maxwell looked a bit hesitant actually after he'd been injured he, he kept testing he his leg yeah, he did yeah he kept sort of testing his leg and he just looked not quite as quick off the line um cross came in he he stuck he sort of stuck a glove out at it patted it out i think somebody had to go at clearing it but it didn't get cleared and they just stuck it in and yeah it, but I, I felt like by that stage it was kind of like the bloke next to me said oh it's not over this one it's not over this one and i, I will I think for about 30 <laughs> seconds, I considered the possibility that they might, you know. So if they get one more, then... Was it was his name Jolton Fielding by any chance? <laughs> no, 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 but, uh, or Bison. Or Bison's. Merchants. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was one of them, but... And then I think we just closed it down, didn't we, really? I thought we, we, I thought yeah. we were a bit weak, weak laying the cross in the first place. So Garber didn't make much of an effort on it. And I've got, I've, I don't know who was behind it, but whoever it was, like, so, probably because they were considering giving the penalty away, I was like, stuck the hands up to say, like, I'm not tackling him. Um, so I've, I don't think we defended it particularly well on the way in. But um, it's one of them, isn't it? He scored it on the, re- you know, Maxwell's made a sort of a, a, a reaction save, and then he's just the guy's got it on the rebound. Mm. Yeah, I think was also. The, I was going to say in the, in the players' minds with whatever it was, was it about ten minutes to go or something when they scored. I don't. I'm not entirely seventy-four sure. minutes. So I, can, like I can tell you exactly, Matt, because I had um, twenty-eight to one, three-two Blackpool. And <laughs> oh, and I agreed to cash out because we it was a hard. Oh, right. and, and we'd agreed to cash out on seventy-five minutes, and they scored on seventy-three and a half minutes. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> laugh, but I will. With, with Tim's oh, with Tim's bond gadgets in his kitchen, he doesn't need the money. <laughs> what, I was, what I was going to say was that I'm sure it's in the players' minds as well. With fifteen minutes to go, knowing they've got a you know a three-goal advantage. Just don't get injured. Just yeah. go through the motions, for want of a better expression, and and maybe that's what they were a little bit guilty of with that third goal, particularly. And uh, 
yeah, it, it was a bit of it was one of those. Well, in fact, all goals when you you know you looked at those three from last night, they were a bit they were a bit crap in their own individual way, weren't they? Really, but very untypical of what we've been doing as a, as a collective defensive unit. So hopefully, it's just yeah. I don't think the the stage of this game was in. It was like an anomaly, wasn't it? It's not a real game. It's the game's gone, and we've got a makeshift, not makeshift, but a, a different defense on. So these things tend oh, to happen. Oh, oh. Owen was clearly the, the guy who was directly behind me, encouraging me to cash out. Oh, right. Owen, I thought you were going to say the Owen. It wasn't the Owen, was it, Tim? Yeah, it was. It was I, I told you to cash out two minutes ago. Two minutes ago. <laughs> um, it was £115 just before it went in. But uh, oh. anyway, thanks, Owen, for your um, reminding me. You could have had 60 or 90 quid, Tim, Owen's telling you. That would have paid for it, it, thing is, it was two hundred and sixty if we if we it got to the end of the game. So I, I didn't. Th- I thought we we're gonna. I thought it was gonna be another goal, but I thought I lang out for seventy five. <laughs> Big mistake. He said, "You're welcome." Ha ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the on the on the notes that I'm looking at, but who remembers when Oxford should have? They kind of had a really great chance just bef- not long after that. And if they'd have put that, that was, in, it was it was it Shadipo again, and it was Maxwell, a great save. I've misrepresented the fella next to me. It was then that he went, "Oh, it's not over now. It's not over this one." So if that had gone, if that had gone in, you could sort of understand his mindset. That then six four then. Yeah, because it was the same again, wasn't it? It was kind of a, a, a loopy cross. Yeah, and just we just didn't deal with it. And I think they had a shot from about six yards at the far post, and we, and I think it was Jimmy blocked it out. And that that was the moment where I went, oh shit, no, don't let's not go down this road. Six, and then I think after that we were fine. Six four. Um, there'd been about twelve minutes to go, and who, yeah. I've seen us three and up against Gillingham once, and with fifteen <laughs> minutes to go, and it ended up three yeah. three. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility, is it? And Oxford, to be fair, they didn't give up, did they? It'd been quite easy for a team to give up, and they were very good going forward. Yeah, I think. I mean, testament. I suppose to them in a way, but it, they just sort of showed the professionalism, didn't they? Really, they just kept going at it and going at it and, and, and doing what they could. Um, you know, so fair play to them for doing that. But you know, you, you hope as a you know as an Oxford fan, you can sort of take some consolation from that that they just didn't sort of you know capitulate and and just give up entirely. Um, I think if I remember rightly, there was only possibly one real sort of chance. At, well opportunity when we were like three on two I think Anderson had the ball on the left where God knows where their right back had gone to at that particular point whereas normally in the you know in in, in these sort of games you know you just see like one poor defender against four attackers or something mm. but fair play to them they kept their sort of shape and just kept going at it and um, but you know it, it, it was obviously all over wasn't it so it was, uh, it was quite a nice relaxing uh, end to the evening really. So Tim, they thought it was over. It is now. We've uh, we've beaten them six three on aggregate, three three on the night, and not pandemonium with them, but it was like a I don't know how can you can describe the the mood in the ground when the final whistle went. I think there was uh, it was joyous, really, wasn't it? I suppose. I think I think um, I think we'd all given it all, our all, hadn't we, during the game? Hence my. Slightly croaky voice today, and um, uh, and you know, bearing in mind that we you know we're four thousand and we're spread about. I think we did, I think we did our bit. 
Um, actually, I think you probably saw the more the more the celebrations. I didn't actually go, but uh, I've seen a couple of videos afterwards. Quite a lot went round towards the West Stand, didn't they? Again, like they they'd done at previous games, and uh, that was that looked quite. You know, uh, they were quite effervescent there and um, getting stuck in, and 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 um, Critch was at the window, banging the outside of the fascia and things like that. And um, but yeah, I, th- I think it was weird because I think we knew. I think we all knew in reality we'd won it in the first game, and that that's where the damage was done. And today was about a celebration of being back in the game, having it at the back of your mind that you can't afford to be stupid and we weren't um, and just supporting the team and um, I think we saw that at the end they did a bit of a lap of honour didn't they and um, and uh, got got uh, a suitable standing ovation from everybody and it was a case of job done really and, uh, and, and you know taking it from there into next Sunday and um, trying to give ourselves the best chance of, of getting ourselves into the championship mm. So, uh, we're not going to do player ratings or man of the match because I think this game is such a an anomaly. And a, so we'll we'll just cut that out. Cut that out. It's one an hour and seven already. But Mitch, let's let's just kind of just talk generally just before we go. What what it means for Blackpool to be going into this playoff final and the fact that we've had such an awful start to the season and we're in this position now and we're playing Lincoln and it's it's a game. It's a very winnable game, and we're on the cusp, aren't we, of getting getting to the championship against? Uh, and it's a very winnable game. Yeah, I think um, I think if we don't make it, we're gonna we're gonna look at the final and think it's an opportunity missed. Um, and it just shows how far we've come because I think even in I think even I think last time I was on the pod, I'd given Critch. I think we all did gave Critch naught out of ten for not trying to win the game, and we were talking about mm, we could still, you know, we can still drop out. Nothing's guaranteed. And now I think if we don't go up, we're going to feel. I mean, I know people sort of say pragmatically, you know, whatever happens, we've had a great season and we've got everything in place and blah blah blah. But now I think, particularly with it being Lincoln of the two teams, you just think. We've really got to do that, and and I just thought last night it was it was look, it was lovely to see um, the confidence in Critchley, and just going back to the game for a split second. I think what gives me a lot of confidence is I feel like Critchley in February January would have tried to draw that game nil nil, but he didn't. He he went there and and we scored three goals and. In a way, the fact that we've had the three-three draw and yeah, we've conceded through that doesn't bother me at all. I think we have. If if we turn up, we'll play Lincoln off the pitch. You know, um, we'll play him off the pitch, and it'll be a fantastic day, and it'll be wonderful. And last night was was it was quite magical because we've not mentioned it at all. Sort of with Sadler being there, and you know. Simon, Simon, give us a wave, and it and it's working for him, and 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 that's not something we've ever had. We've never had a success where it feels like the whole club's involved. It's always been success despite, you know, success despite or because of because of Valerie, you know, not not ever because of the way the club overall's been run, and not, not I don't know. There was just something last night where it felt really special, where the whole ground from from every executive box, every bit of it. 
felt part mm. of it. That mm. was a long answer, but yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, Matt, what I spoke to someone today and they said I've seen Blackpool play today, and we didn't look like a League One side that we have done in the past. He said he looked like it easily competing the championship and. I don't know if any. I don't know if you saw the the championship playoff outside Bourne, Was it Brentford v Bournemouth? Mm. And I think we could hold our own own against them. Obviously, you're sort of getting ahead of yourself a little bit, John. But I know exactly where you're coming from, and um, I, I think we've we've certainly looked, you know, a, a, a step above certain. Well, the majority of League One, obviously, for the last three months or whatever it's been. So, you know, there's every chance that you know. I, I was, I wasn't sure who I quite fancied in the final. Mm until I think Tim might have mentioned something earlier on in, the, in a chat that we were having. And um, he just put, I think he said like Sunderland created more chances against us. And I thought, actually, that's fair enough. Because when I think back to the, I'm ignoring the first Lincoln game, because that was just an aberration, wasn't it? But thinking about the most recent one, we were 2 nil up, absolutely bossing it. Should have been 3 nil up probably. And then... And the we rest, switched Matt, off. should have been about five. Well, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. And the rest. And, and then we just switched off for like five minutes, didn't we? And then it was two all and just, just like a flick of a switch. Yep. And I just think they'll, they'll have learned so much from that again because every time they do something either right or wrong, this group and obviously the coaching staff and everybody else involved, we seem to learn from it all the way through. And I think that's where we've we've, we've really progressed all the way through this season. We've, we've, we've learned from our own mistakes. We've learned from what we do well. And, you know, I, I feel more confident than us playing Lincoln. And I hope I'm not going to eat my words, obviously, than I would do against Sunderland because I think Sunderland have probably got one or two match winners in the squad, i.e. McGeady and White. And although some of the players might be a little bit more sort of... Um, what's the word I'm after? It's sort of like almost probably predictable in a way, but they've got that mentality that they've been there before. Big big time players. Big big time players. Yeah, exactly. Rise to the occasion. Potentially because it might just be the last chance for one or two of those players. Whereas these lads at Lincoln, they're all with the exception of um, who's lad in midfield, Bridcott. They're all, you know, literally 20, 21 year old, aren't they? So um, they might just be hopefully a little bit sort of um, wet behind the ears, so to speak. But I think I think we've got every every chance and uh, hopefully, you know, if, if things can work out well on the treatment table and the training ground this week, I think we'll be, uh, we should go into the game really confidently. Yeah. Tim, over to you just before we go then. Lincoln today, they were played off the park in the first half. So we can take confidence from A, their performance today against Sunderland in the first half and be our domination of them at Sinsall Bank in that game that we should have won. Yeah, I, I mean, I watched the game and um, they, they were absolutely battered by Sunderland in the first half. But but what what actually um, interested me was Appleton changed at half time and, and it had a massive impact on the game. I mean, it was a proper chalk and cheese two halves and... Um, so we're going to have to watch out for him. He's a canny manager, and um, uh, and I think I, I think on balance I'm pleased we've got them um, for the reasons Matt alluded to before. But I don't, you know, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. And just before we go, I want to just conclude. Um, somebody who's gone massively up in my estimation in recent weeks and months is Critchley, and uh, two things that sort of resonated with me um, in the last 24 hours. Two things he said. I think I think it sort of sort of ties in with us. And uh, one is he 
And this is where the Liverpool connection, I think, comes in. You talked about Wembley being a place for winners. That Wembley's not a place you want to, you know, we all know from West Ham, mm. it's not a place you want to be um, as a loser. And I think, you know, uh, I think he's got some of that Liverpool mentality in him. And hopefully, uh, with him and his backroom staff, that they're going to give us the best chance we can to actually win the game. I'm sure it won't be for the lack of planning. You know, at the end of the day, football, you, never, you can never... 100% predict the outcome. But the other thing that interested me was when he spoke about going to Wembley and he actually made a point of commenting on the fact that quite a few of us had missed out last time. And I think that shows a manager who's, who's actually absorbed in everything that's going on in the club. You know, he made a point of mentioning that and, and saying that it was actually, I think he said it was a, a, tra- a tragedy. That he did, the, yeah. A, I know it's that word. fans had missed out. And, and I, I'm just going to say every credit, Critch, because you don't have to say stuff like that. And I know there's there's maybe some of the club who don't want to look back, but for me, you can't ignore our history, and our history defines us. Our history is why we've got the Armfield Club. Our history is is why we've got this fan base that we've got that shouted their heads off for the whole 90 minutes. And, um, and, and I really respect him for actually mentioning that because that's probably, for a lot of Blackpool fans, the hardest thing they've ever had to do. And um, and hopefully all those who did miss out last time will make will will be there um, uh, next Sunday. So, or will, or will, yeah, or will they though? We've got this ticketing well, issue, um, aren't yeah, we? There's a few there's a few rumours going around as well, isn't there about this mm. Indian variant and what impact that's going to have? So, hope hopefully as many as possible mm. will get there. Okay, gents, just just before we go then. It'd be a bit remiss if we didn't talk about the, the atmosphere in the stadium, Mitch. It was um, it was absolutely rocking. And one thing I noticed when I was walking down to the stadium was I could hear I could hear it from before I got to Lytham Road. So it was it was unbelievable. It was four thousand fans in there, and the noise you made. And you compare it to the the Oxford game at their place, you couldn't hear a thing on the TV. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? I'd, I'd said before, and somebody had said on somewhere that, oh, how, how are we going to make a noise with 4,000 in? And I thought, well, you know, when I started going back in the 90s, that was a normal crowd. And it, it just, it, it captivated me then, I thought. But it was it was better than I thought. It was better than I imagined. It was it was a brilliant night. Absolutely brilliant night. And the East was the new North. It was. Probably, it yeah. was, was it? <laughs> I put on my blog that whatever that enormous, uh, whatever that big, that, there must have been a big uh, multi-occupancy household in the middle of the East because they, they, <laughs> they were making a lot of noise. And it, but they were brilliant. They were absolutely Yeah, brilliant. like social distancing my, my, went out of the window. My lad loved it. My lad's <laughs> 10 and he, he's... He's not. He's sort of. He's not that bothered about the football. He just likes a good atmosphere. He likes you know? going for the crap. Game. It's, it's a good atmosphere, and he he loved it last night. He absolutely loved it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just closing thoughts, gents. Matt, Tim. Anything else to say before we go? I just think where we've from our starting point to where we are now is an incredible transformation, and I'm 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 fairly sanguine about where we end up this year if we don't go up (laughs) in in that if we don't go up um, I'm sure we will and in some respects it'd be quite good if we could do it all when we're all in there but I think the team deserve it and um, I think think the turnaround after that game 9 or game 10 where we actually um, finally won the second game is is, 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 is literally you 
it almost defies belief. Mm. And um, and I think I think Critchley and his and his team have proved a lot of doubters, including us. To be fair, wrong. And I think um, it, it's been fantastic to watch, and it's been a great, albeit a rather surreal journey. A very great, great, you know, some of us have actually we've seen more probably more football than we normally would do, haven't we? Because we've been able to watch every single game mm-hmm. where ordinarily, unless you're not, unless you're physically there, you don't. So, in some respects, we, we know this team better than than any other team that we've 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 probably watched in the last few years. Because I'm, I'm telling you, actually, you see the game. I, I, that's one thing that came across to me last night when I watch it on the iFollow. I see a lot more of the game than I do when I'm physically in the stadium. So. You know, there's a trade-off, isn't there? And um, uh, uh, I've been so, so impressed with the way that we've turned the season around. And it's um, it's got us a little long in the memory for, for all sorts of reasons. That is just before we go, it, it's, it's, it's that famous Phil statement that we're just stuck with him. So what, yes. what a turnaround from that. Exactly. Um, yeah, thank God we did stick with him. And uh, yeah, what, what a turnaround. I, I, I'm not going to add anything to what, what Tim's just said because that, you know, just underlines what he's just said. It was fantastic. Um, what I will say though is that, um, and I mentioned it to you guys on the, um, on the chat that we have for the podcast, is that I was coming out of the ground last night and it was outside the West and this guy stopped me. And uh, he recognised us from, from this and he just basically wanted to. Um, sort of like have a little chat and he said that he, he'd suffered from COVID and long COVID, uh, a guy called Mark, really nice fella. And he just said it was, you know, help of, of us lot on the podcast. And that goes with, with everybody, Sam, Tom, um, Nick, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just really warming to hear. I mean, a, a day of emotions. And, and then I did say to him, I said, Christ, you're going to make me cry now because, um, <laughs> you know, this was just, he said it just helped him get through the long COVID that he had. And, uh, you know, I know it's it's been a, a difficult year for everybody, and um, it was just really nice to know that, you know, despite our pissed ramblings, we've, we've made a small difference in some way, which is great, absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. What a great little story. Yeah, makes makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it, hearing things like that? Brilliant. Absolutely. And as, as Ray just said, the game's on Sky again now, so... Um... If you've if you've got nothing to uh, else to do tonight, um, I can recommend it's, flicking Sky on. And... <laughs> it's actually on at nine, Tim. So we've missed it because I was hoping we were going to have done this pod by nine. I was thinking, oh, you know, we haven't got that much to talk about, so we'll be done by now. <laughs> I think I believe it's repeated at eleven as well. So all oh, right, I'm pour... off the eleven o'clock one then. <laughs> pour yourself another clean gin tea. Pour yourself another uh, rum and coke, Matt. I think I'll be having one after this and. Mitch, what is it you're on? Some sort of IPA or uh, loopy well, juice cider? I've got a I've got a mixed box of beer, so we'll see what comes <laughs> out next. Yeah, take 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 a take a big grab out of that lucky dip, right? Um, thanks for ever coming on, uh, gentlemen. I'll play the outro music. So we're in the playoff final uh, week on Sunday. We will be doing a podcast to preview it. It'll be absolute crime if we didn't. So. Stay tuned for that, listeners. Please do like and subscribe to this show if you're watching on YouTube. Help us to get up to that 1,000 target before the playoffs. That'd be a, a great end to the season. So thanks for coming on, Tim. Very Churchillian tonight. Yes, I saw that in the comments. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> thanks, Mitch. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for coming in at the 11th hour. Yeah, no problem. That was a Churchill film as well, wasn't it? The 11th hour. <laughs> you it's gone out, Matt. I mean, it's more 50p in the meter. <laughs> right, we're off. See you later. <laughs>
So just before you head off, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter programme that we are running. This enables you to just contribute a small monthly amount to help support our show and support our content. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Seasiders pod. You'll find details of how to sign up. It's about £3.50 per month. Price of a pint, and for that you get a few other bits in return, which is access to our private members' WhatsApp group. You'll get some exclusive podcasts, competitions. So we generally run match pass draws for our patrons and just other random bits and pieces as they come in. And we are going to be running an extra time podcast, which is going to be an exclusive podcast just for patrons. So if you want to sign up, patreon.com forward slash Seasiders pod. It'd be great to have you on board. Thanks for listening. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.